Welcome to the Zion Church Podcast. We are a church that is passionate about bringing heaven to earth by following Jesus, who demonstrated perfect Christianity. We hope you are blessed by this teaching. So, I think probably most of you got my text message about having a surprise speaker today. And some of you might have been wondering who that is. But I wanted to let you know that my beautiful wife, Elise, she's going to be preaching today. Let me take this for you, darling. There you go. I hope I know what I'm doing. Standing up here? I don't want to go up there. Okay, all right. There we go. Can I just go back? Am I good? Can we pray for you? Yeah, pray for me. Father, Everyone pray for me. We just thank you, Lord, today for Elise. Lord, we thank you that you love her. Thank you, Lord, that you have called her. Father, Lord, I honor her today as my wife, as the mother of my boys, and Lord, as the co-senior leader of Zion Church. And so, Father, we just thank you for speaking to her and speaking through her today mightily. In Jesus' mighty name, Mm -hmm. amen. Amen. Thanks, honey. Well, hello. I think I forgot to say hello before. When, we, when I first got up, so hello and happy Mother's Day. Because we're all mamas in some way or the other. We're all representing the heart, the motherly, nurturing heart of the Lord. And um, whether you're a spiritual mama or a mama-to-be, God is honouring you. We want to honour you today. Well, I just want to have a chat. I felt when I... Um, when uh, Josh said, let's you preach, I was like, okay. I'm not really a fan of the microphone, as you all know. But um, I just wanted to share my heart just on two different stages um, and reactions to a certain thing that happened in our life. And, um, and just talk about the difference. Is that all right? Yeah. So for those of you who don't know, I don't even know when it was. It was quite a while ago. Josh, we were... Um, we had unexpectedly started a home church. We'd started meeting together um, just with us and a few friends, and it had turned into a big home church. And there was a lot of demands, pulls at us, and I was very resistant because I never wanted to be a pastor's wife. I, um, I didn't like, I just didn't, was not in a good headspace. And, um, and one day I had left early and taken the boys home and Josh was speaking and I get a phone call, a panicked phone call from friends who were at the, the meeting and they told me that Josh, an ambulance is coming and Josh had seizured. And I was like, what? <laughs> Never seizured before, nothing, you know, no telltale signs that anything like that was going to happen. So um, I rushed back. And um, suddenly Josh is, you know, being carried away in an ambulance and woken up very disorientated, obviously, after your seizure. And, and we're at the hospital, Mike and Kerry will remember this, you know, getting a, I think it was a CT scan back then at Ravina Hospital. And then suddenly they tell us that he has a, a, a lump in the back of his head, in his brain, um, the size of an egg. Um, yeah, about the size of an egg, and they're going to transport us to Southport Hospital because they want to check it out. He wants to have an MRI. So my life and our life just went, whoop, what the heck, you know? And um, so we went, you know, back then we were seeing healings. You know, God, we 
we had already had our, well, Josh had his radical encounter with the Lord and we were, you know, we were seeing God do amazing miracles through, um, you know, what we were doing. But I had lost my focus, to be honest. I had forgotten who, I'd forgotten my mission, forgotten my vision. I'd let life take over. And then when this happened, it was like the rug got pulled under, from under me. And so um, we went on this journey. You know, we ended up not seeing the healing straight away, even though we were believing for it. And um, Josh got surgery. And, and we went on this um, journey. And I feel like looking back that if I reacted the way I did the second time, and I'll explain that in a minute, then I could have been much more. And um, so the second time, so Josh got, you know, we had the, the surgery and um, we were told by the surgeons that they had taken it all out and it was all completely gone. And um, a few years later, we, um, I'm definitely doing the shortened version. <laughs> a few years later, we were told that, no, they actually were watching it the whole time. It was still there and it had grown. And um, we were quite a little bit annoyed because they had kept that from us. And, um, and they basically said to Josh and myself, look, we need to do surgery. I think this was three years later. Um, we need to do surgery, but just letting you know the way it is and where it is, if we take it out and we operate, you're not going to be the same Josh. And we're like, um, no, that's not okay. God, you know, God, God is our God. We are going to see miracles. We're going to see these, you know, um, we're going to see God move. Like, this is not okay. And we don't like how you've stewarded, you know, your responsibility, basically, as surgeons. Um, and so I, I want to talk about that time when we, when we first heard the news that it had come back. And I was in a, a better place. I had really encountered the Lord. Um, I had taken on who I was in the Lord and seen Him the way that I was meant to see the Lord as, as a good God that had given me authority, had given me a purpose and a future. I remember a few years even before that happened, before the first time, Josh had a dream about me and... Um, it was a dream that really annoyed me because it wasn't who I was. And it was me as this amazing, the way he described it was this amazing warrior woman that was leading the charge of this army. And um, my face was beautiful, like, like I, I was charging the enemy, but it looked like I was looking at Jesus. And, um, and that really annoyed me because I wasn't there. <laughs> And it felt like the responsibility of that, like, oh my goodness, there's so much, you know, in that. There feels like a pressure. And, um, and so I was like, my heart just longed and yearned to be that though, you know, to be that woman that can charge the enemy and be fearless looking unto Jesus. And, um, and I'm just going completely off my notes. But... Um, the second time when that happened, I felt like, so that was my heart after I recognized the first time that I, was, I fell short because I let the worries of the world, and my confession was interesting when looking back, when someone 
would ask me about it, it was my reaction, my confession was fear and worry. And it wasn't God's promises. Mm. And it wasn't hope and a future. Mm. And I, I remember thinking like even I felt, I don't even know if people noticed it, but I felt distant um, just in my heart and my spirit. And I didn't know how to, how to get there. And um, I remember reading this scripture from the Apostle Paul, and I'll read it out. And I love it. He talks in Ephesians 3, verse 14 to 21. And if you don't love Ephesians, get into it because there's so much richness in Ephesians. But I love how Paul, because my heart was like, God, I really want to change. Like, I don't know how to do it, though. I don't know how to get to how I, I don't know how to be this warrior woman. And... Um, so I started studying Paul and his, his letter to the Ephesian church was, and I love this from verse, Ephesians 3, 14 to 21. He says to them, For this reason I bow my, my knee to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. And this is his prayer for us that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. And I love that. And that really answered that to me. I was like, you know that scripture out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And I was like, my confession was interesting. The, I, my heart wasn't full, filled with the fullness of God. So as I started to really seek the Lord. I was like, Lord, I really want to be full of you and your goodness. I want to know who you are. And that's how, instead of just Josh's revelation, it's like, God, I really want to have that revelation that you are good. And not just you are good and you're far away, but you are good and you're here for me. You are good and you're here. What you're saying in your word is actually what you're saying to me. So the Ephesian church, you're actually saying that to me. And so when you start taking when I started taking this gospel personal, then I started seeing my confession change. And so um, we were, you know, I started praying for people on the street, not as much as I should, but just, you know, instead of just thinking that people getting healed and faking it, which I actually confess I used to do. <laughs> Uh, or even, you know, just you pray for someone, they're like, no, I'm, I am healed just for you to go away. Um, that's the kind of stuff. So I just started to know my authority in the Lord and step out. And um, we had an exciting uh, ministry trip planned um, in America. And, oh, did I say? No, we went over to America. When we first heard the second news that the tumor had come back, we'd gone over to America and um, we'd had our friends pray for us and we'd gone to Bethel and it was amazing. We fully believed that the tumour was gone. Just fully, like we were just so convinced. And, um, and then, so we didn't have another MRI, didn't have an MRI. And then the next year we went back to America and 
um, Josh had a full itinerant schedule booked and um, we were had gone to LA and then we were in Texas um, and then on the stage I'm watching Josh like this is I need to have a drink of water sorry <laughs> got so involved with the mother's declaration and stuff I forgot so we were having a great time and it was amazing too because the way that um, our family was just like working together like a well-oiled machine. It was just so beautiful and it was just like God answered the desires of our heart and I felt like that warrior woman, you know, that one leading the charge. I knew who I was and and then um, Josh was acting funny on the stage and um, like really funny and I thought he's either seeing angels or something's going on um, and uh, and then... I ran up to the stage. Someone had just gotten healed, stood up and got healed as Josh went down. And I caught him as he fell off the stage and started seizuring. So Josh has only ever seizured twice, both times preaching. So we know it's an attack. Um, But I just want to talk to you about the posture because my confession that time had become, had changed from a warrior worrying about everything that the doctors had said everything that they confessed over Josh and said over Josh to become a warrior, like a warrior. It's like, no, hang on. What, what you're telling me, doctor, I appreciate and value you, but it doesn't align with the promises that God has. And it's interesting in the panic of it all and the craziness of it all, um, as life does, you know, um, where you can just... Fix your eyes on the Lord, just like um, Josh had that vision of me charging the enemy, but he could see that I was fixing my eyes on Jesus. And I want to tell you, that was amazing. You know, the, the witness that we were to people in the hospital, you know, as a family, just uniting together and working together and the boys, you know, reading scripture out loud to the people because the whole church saw Josh seizure. So the, the whole the whole church witness, they they actually looked after us for a month after it. It was the most amazing thing. I've never I learned a lot from that church. Sozo Church in Texas. I learned how to pastor. I learned how to look after people. And um, yeah, so if they're listening, I want to honor them. But I just the witness that we were because we were Instead of worrying and stressing and being fearful of it all, we were charging the enemy. And, um, and yeah, it was a miracle story. We ended up having a Holy Spirit-filled surgeon that operated on Josh for 11 hours or something like that. It was crazy. And then, yeah, just a miracle story, miracle story. And all the times they kept saying to us, um, it's the most aggressive brain tumor, um, you know, you're going to have to have surgery again. You're going to have to do this, this, and this. And, and Josh, just his faith is just, it's just amazing. It's such a witness to everyone. But, um, yeah, just we have seen your, you, we, we would believe that you were healed by faith, but we, you're fully healed now, which is so amazing. Praise the Lord, hey? <laughs> yeah, so I just want to talk about your confession. And um, talk about how important your words are. Because 
I noticed in just even trying to get sympathy from people, just to like understand, just to get help even, my confession was worry and concern to kind, kind of get people on board. So I'm going to read out Romans 10, verse 9 to 10. It says, If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And then Matthew 12, verse 34. For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. And Proverbs 18, 21. And I'm going really fast, sorry. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Because our world was created through our words. And if there's something coming out of our mouth that isn't pure, lovely, and good, then we need to think, hey, what's going on? (laughs) We need the fullness of God, just like Paul prayed. We need that fullness of God in our heart and its abundance in our hearts. So then naturally, naturally, it comes out and we can declare. It's when Josh gave me that picture, I didn't feel like, you know, of, of me being that warrior woman. I knew that that's what God had for me, but I didn't agree with it. And it wasn't until I agreed with it and started it to start being my confession, then I partnered with it and took it on and I thought, God, God, you have it. You know, and that's when I, I see victory in our, it, to the outward appearance, people wouldn't have noticed any difference. But for me, it was like, no, I'm taking ground and I'm stealing back what the enemy has stolen. Um, and I love the whole, um, the picture of a knight. And this is the thing, this is the key for me, is that a knight bows his knee to be knighted. So we're not just soldiers that have to have these orders and with no relationship. God wants us to come to him just like a king with anoints a, a knight and he bows his knee and he's honoured. God has done that for us. He's given us that authority um, to be warriors of his kingdom. And I wanted to talk about this amazing woman. And I'm going to skip, I'm just skipping through my whole notes. Mary, the mother of Jesus. Who knows Mary? Does anyone know Mary? Yeah. Holy Mary? No. I just love, um, sorry, <laughs> I'm trying to do a Catholic thing, but I haven't done that. Um, I just love, when you picture who Mary would have been, she must have been pretty darn special for, for God to trust her to carry Jesus. And um, I love like the the I don't think if you I don't know if you've ever noticed but just she goes through this like transition um, and and like a revelation of who she is and the and and the promise that she um, that God has given her and in Luke one verse twenty eight to thirty three there's the angel that talks to her and he said. Uh, he said, having come in, I don't think I copied that right. Is that what it says? Having come in? in verse 28? Yeah. Okay. Having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice! 
Highly favoured one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying. Because she's like, from Nazareth, you know, she's like no one compared to the status of the times. Uh, And the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favour with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And his kingdom there will be no end. So she could have gone into a worry state, big time. She's not married. She comes from like, Nazareth, she doesn't have any money. Um, everything is very uncertain, and she's suddenly being given this vision, you know, this promise. And, you know, she's seeing the fact, you know, she's believing it. Um, and but she could have gone into a worry state. But I love when she meets with Elizabeth, her cousin, and they're both pregnant. She's got Elizabeth's got John in her belly, and. Um, and Mary's got Jesus, she declares, and I love this, she says, my soul, this is in Luke 1, verse 46 to 49, she said, this is in the song of Mary, my soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Saviour, for he has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant, for behold, henceforth, and I love this declaration, because this is warrior, it's not worry, it's warrior, Henceforth, all generations will call me blessed, for he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. So she believed it. And I love that because she called it out. And, you know, in that time when she could have just been so freaked out, and I'm sure she was to a certain extent, but her confession was faith. And her confession aligned with what God promised her. And it's, you know, for her to say, and all generations will call me blessed, like, that's amazing. I love that because she saw past the problem. She saw past what was going on in the natural and she believed God's promise. And I love this. So this is, I love this because it makes it more relatable. So later on when her and um, Joseph lost Jesus and he's at the temple and he said to her um, I don't even know if I even wrote it down but he basically they were like didn't you know that I was going to be in the temple um, that's what he said and it's like oh that's right I forgot but it sh- but then it says um, then he went down with them and came to Nazareth hang on I've lost it my notes are all over the place but he- but when she, when he'd seen this inter, when she'd seen this interaction of who Jesus was, and had you know like he's someone special. It says his mother kept all things in her heart. It's like the promises she remembered them. I don't know if she forgot and and lost them. It doesn't tell us that, but I believe that she kept all these promises, all the things that she saw in Jesus and the promises the angel had in her heart. And so when it was time, Jesus is 30 years old and they go to um, a wedding feast and um, she comes up to Jesus. This is in John 2. 
um, the Jesus come, um, Jesus, no, the Ma- Mary comes to Jesus and says, um, they've run out of wine. Like, and looks at him. I can just imagine, like, just her standing there and Jesus, you know, she's just looking at Jesus and he's like, woman, which apparently is just custom. He's not being rude. <laughs> woman. Because <laughs> it sounds very rude when you read it in the Bible. Woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. And she just ignores him, which I love. <laughs> and he, she says, whatever he says, you know, to her servants, whatever he says, do it. And I love that because she knew the destiny that Jesus had and she pulled it out of him. It was, you know, and Jesus honoured his mama, which is an amazing example. And I feel like we need to know who we are in the Lord. We need to know our destiny. So when it's time, we can pull that out of our children. We can pull that out of our husband because the fullness of God, God, the world needs to see the fullness of God. And when we are full, when we are abundant in the Lord and we, out of the abundance of our heart, our mouth speaks the fullness of God and who He is, then it can draw out miracles. It can draw out who people are in the Lord and who they're made to be. I love our friend in, um, at the Harvest Chapel School last year. Um, I don't know where Cheyenne is. Where is she? Oh, I don't know if you remember it, but um, Dave Harvey, when Dave Harvey spoke, he's from Bethel, and um, he said when, people, when their team or people that they know get prophesied over, they teach them to see them as, that, as them fulfilling that prophecy. So for someone, you know, might be into teaching or, you know, doing something, a certain business, but they... They, the way they speak to them, they declare that over them. And that to me is so powerful. <sighs> All over the place. <laughs> Have you fallen asleep yet? <laughs> oh, so, I don't know about you, but sometimes I feel like I need to remember that I have armor on. Remember that God's given me everything I need. That I don't have to strive. I don't have to try. I don't have to be a certain one. I have to do what Josh said that he had in that picture. Is I need to look at Jesus. The enemy might be hitting me and, and facing at me, but I need to look at Jesus. And we need to remember that we do have the armor on. And if you've even if you have to put print out Ephesians and put it on your fridge with the whole armour of God, because it's so powerful. I'll read it out. Finally, my brethren, this is Ephesians 6, verse 10 to 13. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armour of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the, dark, of the darkness of this age, against the spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armour of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. So even though sometimes life feels like it's people that are evil, 
gospel that are people getting in the way or things getting in the way, who knows we're in a spiritual battle. So we don't wrestle against the person that's driving us nuts. There's a spiritual stronghold often in the way. And so when we're declaring that, we're not declaring, get out of here in Jesus' name to the person, but we're taking authority of who we are, the authority that God has given us. And we are commanding heaven on earth. Heaven on earth. That's the authority that we have. It's God's kingdom. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so when we see ourselves in that light with the whole armor of the Lord, if we've been filled with the Holy Spirit, then we have everything in us. And so it's like, for me, it reminds me of like a a tap. It's like, I've got the Holy Spirit inside of me. I need to realize that and let it filter through in my spirit, soul, and my body, my soul. And that's my mind, sorry. I need to filter, filter it through in my soul, my mind, will, and emotions. And then out of that, that affects my body. So mind, will, and emotions is your confession. It's everything that you declare. And, um, and it's so amazing when you get that, when you realize that you are fully whole and you just, you just need to come into agreement of that, then you are a warrior. That's super exciting. So as Mother's Day, I, I have to do Proverbs 31 on Mother's Day. But I just love it. There's a part of Proverbs 31 that I just long to be Well, all of it, but Proverbs 31, verse 26 to 28 says, is anyone turning there? Should I wait? She opens her mouth with wisdom and on her tongue is the law of kindness. She watches over the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. What I love about this is this, and this is where you're a warrior, and I'd love for everyone, even if you're not a woman, because it's for all of us. It says, she watches over the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. So she's not lazy. She's active. She's pursuing. She's going after it. She's a watchman. She's a watchman on the wall. And this is what I'd love for us as a church family is that we're not just spectators. We're all watchmen. We are all warriors. And God has given us authority with our words. So our confession, I'd love for us to be so full of God that our confession is Him and heaven on earth. So whatever we declare, we're declaring heaven on earth. And we, in that wisdom and knowledge of Him, we become, we're watchmen. We're looking out. We're looking to see where people are at. We're declaring what needs to be declared. We're casting out what needs to be cast out. So that is my heart for everyone here to be this, this Proverbs 31 person. Yeah, watchmen. Watchmen who know their authority. 
exciting. I can't wait to what God's doing in Zion and, you know, on the coast and just in Australia. And because don't we all need Christians to know their authority, hey? We need like, you know, what's happening in the news, what's happening in politics. You know, we can't partner with the conversation of the world. We need our conversation, our declaration needs to be different. We need to declare heaven on earth because if we're caught up with the worry of everything with the, and being tossed to and fro with, oh, what if this happens or what if that happens? No, we need to fix our eyes on the Lord and declare His goodness and His mercy over this generation in His victory, His victory. So I think I'm almost done. But what I really wanted to do is just... I would love you to even just stand. I'm going to declare over you guys. And I know Josh probably wanted to share a little bit. No? Okay. So just engage with the Lord if you can. Just think about the Lord and His goodness and how much He loves you. Lord, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, that you have given us that authority. Lord, that we're not spectators, Lord. You're not a dictator, Father. Lord, that you don't want us to worry. You don't want us to stress. You want us to know our purpose, Father. You want us to know our destiny, Lord. Lord, and right now, just wherever you're at in your heart, just communicate with the Lord. Just whatever you need to give up that's worrying you, whatever you think you need, you need to give up that's stressing you. Lord, and I ask that everyone here will be filled with the fullness of who you are, just like Paul prayed in Ephesians. Filled with your goodness, Lord. Lord, filled with everything that you desire for them, Lord. Lord, and I thank you, Lord, that everyone here gets a a real picture of who they are in you and what you've called them to, Lord. Lord, and that will be their focus. That will be their direction, Lord. That will be their future and a hope with you, Lord, pursuing you, Lord, fixing their eyes on you every second. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that we don't just do church. It's not just something that we come to just to feel good, Lord, but we want more of you. So I thank you right now that we are filled with your fullness and out of the abundance of our heart, our mouth speaks your goodness. Heaven on earth, from now on, we'll be good stewards of our tongue, Lord. We will declare life and not death, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for your promise and for your goodness. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Man. You've been listening to a Zion Church podcast. For more information about Zion Church, go to zionchurch.info. You can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash zionchurchgc. And on Instagram, we're at zionchurchofficial. 